thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to tonight's episode of Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. Today, you know what, we have a guest who has a, a specific distinction that no other guest of mine has. has. Yeah, yeah we do. In fact, I met her a decade ago and just recently spent, I don't know, almost two months with her every day. You know, no makeup, coffee, and a Bible. Mm-hmm. And it was so great that I'm here to tell you about it because you guys, the Word of God is going to change your life if you spend time with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I've met anybody more passionate than me about God's Word until I met Pam Gillespie. True story. I mean, I know a lot of people, but hey, you know, when I think Bible woman, this is it. This is a woman who knows the word, she loves the word, she's kind, she's generous with her time, her talent, and her treasure. And I'm really, really honored that she's here tonight. I mean, she she's given us her time. And so I, I want to ask that you would give us your time and that you would share this out. Because there's going to be somebody that's going to have to hear what we're going to say and it's going to change your life. It really, 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 really will. And I don't say that much, but tonight I believe it. I believe that it's going to change your life. So do me a favor, whatever platform you're on, please share this out. Uh, after all, people, I think you got an extra hour of sleep last night, didn't you? <laughs> or maybe you did. I don't know. I got up this morning. I'm like, it's so early. <laughs> it wasn't until I went downstairs, looked at my clock, my analog clock, you know, the big one on the wall. And it was like 9.30. I'm like, what? 9.30? <laughs> no, it says it's 8.30. So, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. So uh, so you're tired probably night. How weird was it that the sun went down early tonight, right? I mean, seriously. <sighs> anyway, let me tell you a little bit about Pam, okay? Um, she's a Cubs fan. Yeah, she is. One of the few. Proud. Yeah, she is. She doesn't wear makeup. And I like that. Because you know what? In the world of Christianity, if you can't be yourself, then what kind of witness is that, people? Just saying, you know? I love people who are authentic. If I have to describe Pam, she's totally authentic. Like Mexican food in a Mexican restaurant in Mexico. Just saying. That's right. That's what she is. Yeah, she is. She's funny. Oh, she's hilarious. She knows the word, though. I'll tell you what. And uh, she's married. She has a husband who uh, loves her. And she has a son and a daughter and a daughter-in-law and a dog that's huge. It's big. It's great. It's cute. It's all get out, too. Uh, and it's pretty much in every video she's in, um, which is cool because I don't feel alone because my dog is usually somewhere in my video or my cat. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, she's a graduate uh, from Wheaton College up there in Illinois, and uh, 
Um, and you know, normally I would say somebody like her is a smarty pants when it comes to the Bible, but not tonight. Cause you know what? There's a difference between having book knowledge and there's a difference between having heart knowledge and Pam has the heart knowledge and I'm totally honored that she's here with us tonight. And so Pam, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. It's good to be here with you, Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. Did I make you speechless already? You know, already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're too kind. You're too kind. Yeah. Well, it's for the, it, it, for the record. I, I do try and wear a little makeup when I'm on Zoom and things like that, you know. Yeah. So. Well, you look great. You look great. <laughs> you look great in green. By the way, I have to ask you about your necklace. Yeah. Yeah. I've been curious about that. Your necklace. Yeah. You wear that a lot. You know, is there something special about that necklace? Because I'm suspecting there is. You know what? This just happens to be a necklace that my parents got me years ago. And it's it's one, it's it's very durable. It's just a little diamond. It's it it goes with everything. And I'm really I'm not a high maintenance kind of girl. So if it's something that kind of goes with everything, I wear it. So that that's that's pretty much it with that. I you know occasionally I'll wear something bigger, something for you know stage to show up. But most of the time I'm I'm pretty simple and I'm not you know I'm not trying to take a lot of time accessorizing. If I find something that's kind of basic and you know looks that works that or I think works, I'm gonna go with it. So that there you have it. <laughs> the mystery is solved. You heard the it here. The mystery solved. <laughs> Hey, I know, you know, it is, uh, it is part of you though. I mean, when yeah. I, when I think of you, I think of that necklace. Really? Tr yes. Because you wear okay. it in almost every video I see you in. I guess I do. So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, so I thought maybe, you know, like a wedding ring or something, you know, like, like for the, like this was a set that my dad gave me. Uh huh. So, you know, you know, so it's special and. Oh, mm -hmm. well, see, 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 you think about your mom and your dad. That's cool. So tell oh, me, absolutely. yeah, tell yeah. Us, yeah, tell us about who you are anyway. Who are you? Like, who am I? Yeah, because, wow. you know, a lot of people probably know Preset Ministries, K. Arthur. Sure. Maybe, maybe not everybody knows who you are. And, yeah. and I'm wondering, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> who am I? Yeah. Wow. Who, who are you, Pam that, Gillespie? That's a very open-ended question. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's number one. I'm a disciple. That that's that is at the core of who I am. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm an only child. So that kind of that's one of those things that makes me a little um, different and quirky, I think. Um, but I was I was raised in a Christian home, and you know I, I see so many people today who um, maybe underestimate the value of being raised in a Christian home. They think, oh man, I don't have a good testimony because like I was raised with this. And I'm just very, very grateful because I was raised in a Christian home where I, where I saw the real deal. You know, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people who are raised in the church and you see people fall away um, as they get into their teens and their twenties and things like that um, because they haven't been raised with the real deal. They've been raised with some sort of religiosity. They've been raised with church going. Um, but my mom and dad, they're the real deal. They, they show the love of Jesus. I was raised to know the love of Jesus and, um, and I love him. 
That's so that's all the basics. Well, you know what? No, but see, that's so cool because, you know, okay, so I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And to be honest with you, um, I used to get irritated like you would not believe <laughs> at people that were raised in Christian faith and then mm. threw it away or yeah. or spit on it. It yeah. ticked me off for years. I mean, I whenever I would hear, oh, you, oh, you, you know, and I remember when I was in high school, I went ahead and I had um, the very first fellowship I had was in the fish club in high school is the campus crusade thing with, with yeah. Bill Bright. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of a weird story, but one of the girls that I went to church, church with, cause that's where I went to church. She was raised in a Christian home. She got to go to church on Sunday night and Sunday morning, Wednesday night, sometimes during the week to play with the youth group and stuff. And I was totally jealous. And I was like, Ugh. and, and I, and me and her were like, you know, like I wanted to beat her up because she had something I wanted so bad. Well, many years later, like we're talking 30 years later after we graduated and, and I found out it was, it was a decade after our 10 year school reunion. I found out she married a doctor and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, of course she would. Of course she married a doctor. I didn't marry a doctor, you know, and I, and, and all this other stuff. Well, anyway, long story short, like 25 year reunion, um, we connected on Facebook and we had this um, conversation because I found out that she had um, uterine cancer, or ovarian cancer, mm -hmm. couldn't have her own kids. Uh, her doctor and her had her husband, who's a doctor. They they adopted five children, two of wow. color um, and, and a couple disabled. And she said to me, she said to me, you know what? I was so jealous of you in high school. Mm. You had this new believer zeal that I never had. And, and she said, my mom just died. And my mom, I was going through her journals and your name was all over it. I had told my mom to pray for you. And mm. she spent all that time praying for you. And I'm like, can you believe that? Wow. And yet That's her, beautiful. her name is Cindy and she's still walking with the Lord. And you know, and, and so it just goes to show you that the enemy can really get inside our head and just, you know, make us believe, you know, if you look, oh, you don't have that great testimony. I think your testimony is awesome. And we and need I, people like you, honestly. Everybody's testimony is different, you know, but yeah. I often hear people in, you know, who have been raised in the church who are just like, oh, I, I don't know. You know, I don't have a good testimony. I'm like, you know what? No, you have, God brought you to himself when he chose, just like Paul says in Galatians, you know, when, when he chose to reveal his son in me, when he chose to reveal his son in you. And, and that's not for us to, you know, to fuss over. He, he does it when he wants to do it. So, yeah. So, you know what? So I've grown to appreciate people with your background um, because I think that your background can complement like somebody with my background, right? That's iron mm -hmm. sharpens iron. And I think it's yeah, a, absolutely. I think it's a wonderful thing because I think sometimes people don't understand that, you know, because we are part of the body, right? We need each other and, yeah. you know, and I think sometimes the parts of the body that, that don't get seen as much are the most important. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, okay. So that's a great testimony. Appreciate that. All right. So how did you know that 
you were going to be a Bible teacher. I mean, what, what, how did you know? How did that happen? Because I, I want to know. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I never aspired to this. Okay. Ever. Um, what I was going to be, I was going to be a journalist. And, and I'm, a, I'm a pretty... Um, I'm a pretty driven person. I've, I've always kind of characterized myself as kind of a double type A personality. And um, when I was in high school, I, I was going to be in, I was going to be a journalist and I was just, and I was the editor of the school paper. I was writing all the time. This is, I was just, I was driven. And I wanted to go to Northwestern Medill School of Journalism, one of the, one of the best schools of journalism in the country. And my parents, said, well, you know, honey, since we're the investors, you're going to be going to a Christian school for at least your first year or two. So, you know, I, I put up a little bit of a stink, you know, back and forth. And finally, I was just like, you know what, it is their money. And I can, I can go there and then I can transfer out and then I'll go to Northwestern and, and, you know, it'll all work. So went to Wheaton and I thought, since I'm here, I will go ahead and take my Bible classes because I'm here. I may as well not waste it. You know, let's, let's get them while we're here. So I took my whole Bible requirement my first year. So it was like 16 hours and I, I really liked it. And you, know, you have to understand at that point, it was still very much, um, it was still very much a neck up thing, you know? So I made a profession of faith as, as a small child and, and I think, it, as much as I mean, I, I understood, but there it wasn't. It wasn't entirely connected in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was an Awana kid, and I I memorized all the verses because I wanted the trophies, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, that that driven kind of personality. But again, God's word doesn't return void. So I memorized. Hey, I got my Timothy Award in one year because Awana came into our church when I was in the fifth grade. So I memorized the fifth grade book fourth grade, third grade, got that done, then got my meritorious after that. Um, I just got done teaching Awana. So what was that? I just got done teaching, learning about Awana and being a teacher in Awana to fifth grade. So I love Awana. I love Awana. And in Awana, Awana appealed to every, everything in me because, you know, sports, I'm so competitive. I was so competitive in sports, so competitive with memorizing. Um, It, it appealed to a lot of base things in me, but you know what? Um, again, his word doesn't return void. So I got a lot of the word in me in that way. And it wasn't anything my parents pushed on me. This is just, I, I love competing. So uh, when I went to Wheaton, I really enjoyed uh, my Bible classes. They were, they, they challenged me intellectually. They, um, they were challenging. I enjoyed it. It was, but it was, it was still largely a neck up kind of thing. And there was a lot of just a lot of pride in what I knew. Um, so fast forward, my life really changed in my mid twenties when I started just reading the Bible, but, um, but yeah, so I, I wasn't going to be a Bible teacher. I was going to be a journalist, but the thing that was pretty funny, I did end up staying at Wheaton cause I enjoyed Wheaton and I ended up double majoring in communications because that was as close as they had to journalism. So communications and biblical studies, because I already, I liked it and I wasn't ever going to use it. Um, and I also took Greek because Christian liberal arts college, you had to take at least 12 hours of a foreign language. And 
I had very, very fast short-term memory, good short-term memory. So in high school, I took French, which I memorized during geometry, got A's, but didn't remember anything when I got to Wheaton. So I would have had to have jumped into like a, a, a speaking level French class and that wasn't going to happen. And somebody, one of my friends told me, he's like, you should take Greek because you just have to read it and write it. You don't have to speak it. And I thought, soul. So I took Greek, not because it was a biblical language, not because I wanted to teach the Bible or really do anything with the Bible. I took it because Greek is the language that all you have to do is read and write. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So do you, so you know Greek pretty well then? Um, you know, I know it well enough to be able to work with all the study tools. That's good. Okay. What about, so, what about Hebrew? I, I have taken a little bit of Hebrew in an online course. Um, I, so I, I know I, I work my way around Greek much better than Hebrew. I just have a, a, a very, very cursory introduction to Hebrew. So it's better than me. <clears throat> so that's, that's good. Okay. So that's cool. All right. So, all right. So in your twenties then, um, when did it start getting from here to your heart? Yeah. So it made that leap. Okay. So um, my husband and I are working in youth ministry. We're lay, lay leaders in youth ministry. And um, we'd been on a fall retreat. So with high school kids and we had uh, this girl who came to Christ at the retreat and I was able to pray with her and kind of walk her through the gospel. And so of course you have, you have, an unchurched kid, they come to Christ at a retreat. And what do you do? You, you disciple them, right? Mm -hmm. So I was the one who was able to disciple this young lady. And we had this, we had this little book. It was the blue one-on-one -on -one discipleship book. And everything was what our church used. And it was very, very basic, very good. It was just, you know, went through the, the basics of the faith, you know, um, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. And then, then we came to the week on the word of God. So everything is going just swimmingly. Um, I pick, I pick this girl up at, you know, I don't know, Oh, dark 30 in the morning. And we'd go to McDonald's and we'd have, we'd have breakfast and then I'd drop her off at school and I'd go to work. But this one morning when we're talking about the word of God, she looks me in the eye and she says, so Pam, you've read through the whole Bible, right? And at the time, I'm probably, you know, 25, maybe 26. And um, I stumble around and I, because I hadn't, right? Mm -hmm. But I give her something she's okay with. I'm like, well, you know, I've read through the whole New Testament several times. I've read through most of the Old Testament in college. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and she was fine. She was fine. But I walked out of that restaurant just just kind of the, the weight of the duplicity because mm -hmm. here I am, I'm, I'm the adult in the situation. Right. And I'm telling this kid that she should bank her here and now and her forever after, you know, on this book, which I believe is entirely true, which by the way, I haven't actually taken time to fully read for myself. Right. Right. And I just felt, I just, I just felt awful. And, and, and it wasn't that I hadn't tried um, because, you know, the type A's among us, Usually the type A's, when we want to do something, we grit our teeth, we do it. Uh, yeah. And I, had, and I had done that. I tried then. You grit my teeth, yeah. you know. 
Genesis, Exodus, you know, every, you know, the Genesis in January mm-hmm. problem. Right. And yep. I tried it and I tried it. And um, I think at some point I just gave up because, you know, you hit Exodus. And if you make it through Exodus, you hit Leviticus. And if you make it through Leviticus, you hit numbers. And it's, there's some really just good reading, but some reading that is hard to read consecutively at the beginning of the Bible. You know, I mean, if we were out in the wilderness and God told us to build a tabernacle, we would want every last jot and tittle, right? We would want to know everything that he had to say. Um, but since we don't have to build a tabernacle, we get a little bit, you know, we get a little, little bored sometimes when, it, when it's like, we're going to build a tabernacle, uh, we're building a tabernacle, we built a tabernacle, right? <laughs> so um, that was the point at which I just, I, I finally, it was like, I came to the end of myself, you know, it was kind of a, a Galatians 3 kind of thing, um, where I was just kind of trying to you know, work out my sanctification. You know, I always knew that I couldn't work my way to God. I couldn't save myself, but there was still a part of me that thought I could sanctify myself. So at that point, I finally just said, God, okay, I, I know that you answer prayers that are according to your will. And I believe that. And I, and I, and I know that it's your will that I'm in your word. So I'm asking you, would you just give me the desire. Would you give me the desire to be in your word? Would you help me to read it? Would you, would you help me to figure out what in my life needs to go? You know, so I have the time, what am I, what's kind of, you know, pushing it out. And so I I just prayed that. And then I just started reading like he was answering. And the biggest thing, and I I really believe he brought me here. um, I started in first Samuel because honestly, I was already an expert on Genesis and Exodus. Sure. Yeah, of course. You know, every January, right? Yeah. Um, so I started in a place, and 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 obviously, I, I do have a degree in this stuff. So I knew enough that I knew there's good narrative there. So I went first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, and I knew at the end of at the end of Kings they go into captivity. So then I hopped over to Jeremiah, and I just continued through the Bible, book by book, but not in a strictly linear fashion. I I. I would go along and and I would hit singles because sometimes you get in the middle of like, I mean, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's a big chunk to read, right? That's a hard read. The other, the other really hard read in the old Testament is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Right. It's also really hard. It's very long. um, Yeah. So I would, you know, I just book by book. Um, but mixing it up then going to, you know, I started feeling like I wasn't making any ground. I'd go and I'd, I'd pick up Jonah and Jude and third John and, you know, check them off. So, yeah, I've done a lot of that as well. And, you know, I have to be honest to say that, you know, when, when, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've known you online for a while, like a decade, (laughs) at least, um, and it's funny because every time I've seen, you know, when I think of you, I think of you asking the question, where are you reading today? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think of, um, yeah, that's a good question. Where am I reading? You know, but when it comes to, have you read through the whole Bible? I'm like, yeah, I know I have, but how many times I couldn't tell you, you mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, I could tell, you know, I the New Testament for sure, the Old Testament, sure. Proverbs for sure, Psalms, no, 
I mean, I've read all the Psalms, but it's only been recently I've actually read the whole book of Psalms, <laughs> you know, because who does that? Nobody. Nobody actually sits and reads the whole book of Psalms. Um, um, and, you know, Genesis and, and then there's Ruth. I actually, you know, I, I mean, when I was a believer, a little young believer, I, I'm the very first girl that ever discipled me. She was probably about 20, so I was 14, so she's eight years older. So what's that? 22, something like that. I drove her nuts asking 10 million questions and her grandma's name was Esther and I did not like the name Esther. And one day she said, well, have you ever read Esther in the Bible? And I said, no, cause I don't like the name. I just don't like it. I think it's a weird name, I, you know, at the time. And, and they're like, well, you might want to check out the book. And so I was like, fine, I'll check it out. And I read it and I was like, oh. <laughs> I like the name. I like the name. <laughs> I like right? the name now. Yeah. <laughs> that was the same thing though it's just all these preconceived ideas and 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 then i remember this youth coach who was raised in the church telling me i drove her crazy because i had a million questions i mean i would read the bible like in the dark with a flashlight because my mom didn't like she didn't want me reading it she thought i got in a cult and i wasn't and i was up at five o'clock with a flashlight under my bed reading the bible for an hour before i went to school memorizing scripture and <laughs> I didn't have anybody to ask questions to, so I would ask them, and they'd be like, finally, they'd say, you know what, just keep reading, you'll get your answer. Mm -hmm. And I and you you said that recently in one of our meetings, and it's so true, and I, I chuckled when you said that, because I thought, <laughs> did you know her? Um, but it's the same but, class. Yeah. I know, it's so true, you know? Uh, so that's so cool. So so as you got older then, you got married, right, and had, a, had some children, mm -hmm. and as most people, you go, you begin to go through some really hard times right and i know that you had a specific hard time in your life with your daughter can you talk yeah. to us a little bit about that and how that impacted your faith yeah sure um my daughter who i'll, I'll give you the end of the story right now because um she's fine she is fine but when she was two years old uh she had some kidney problems and it actually it it started off um i i was away at a women's retreat and, you know, I, when I left, she was fine. And this was back in the day when we all had cell phones, but we didn't use them. Okay. You know, they were just kind of like they were in our purse in case we found ourselves in a ditch. We could pull up that little antenna and, you know, do the thing. Right. Um, so I I'd had my cell phone with me, but I, I didn't have it turned on because I wasn't in a ditch. And my sister-in-laws and I, we'd been at this women's retreat for a church and we'd gone out for lunch. We got back. And when we got back to the hotel, the light was blinking in our room. Now, you know, for those of us who are old, we know that that means the desk is called. They have a message for you, unless you're in a condo in which they, in case they want to like sell you a timeshare, right? right. Um, so we, we call in and I, I see my sister-in-law's face just kind of, you know, turning white and she's she tells me she's like Katie had a seizure and they have her at Lake Forest Hospital um we need to go meet him there so we went there and it, it turned out she had um she had a condition where um she had reflux to one of her kidneys and it was the kind of thing that uh, they most kids who have it will grow out of it but 
that means they end up going on this long-term antibiotics with, you know, testing every year to see if they're going out of it. And there's always the risk of kidney infections with the high fevers. And it just, it, it was, um, it was, you know, it wasn't a life-threatening kind of thing, but it was something that it, it was, it shook me up enough that I, I just, I, I grabbed on very hard and it was the kind of thing where, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't travel any further than an hour away from her because I was afraid if something happened, I wanted to be able to get back. So, you know, my husband would be like, Hey, you know, I've got some frequent flyer miles. Maybe we can go away for our anniversary. And I'd be like, well, you know, if you want to fly to Milwaukee, now we live in Chicago, we could do that, but I'm not, I'm not going any further than an hour away from Katie because, um, because I'm not. And the worry was, was profound. Um, you know, it's one thing to worry about yourself and it's, you know, when you introduce kids, there's a worry there that, um, it can, it can really eat you alive. And I finally got to the point of realizing, you know what? Okay. You know, either God is sovereign or he isn't. And so this is a point where I just had to kind of walk through the, the reality of, um, of my faith, of my theological positions and what I believe the Bible says. And then what that means, not just in my head, but how does that actually translate into life? And I had to just finally just say, okay, God, either you're sovereign or you're not. And I just have to believe that you are, or I'm going to go crazy. And so that was a, it was something where it just, he really opened my hand up. I'm like, okay, you know what? I, because up to that point, let's face it, I'm a double type A. I think if I eat the right things, if I buy the right car seat, if I do all the right things, I can, I can keep this child alive. Right. And it was this reminder that no, no, he is, he is the maker. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. And um, he is sovereign over everything. And so that was, that was one of those places where it just really, I, I just had to come to terms with, he's a big God. And the best thing you can do is trust him. And then the older, the longer you walk with him, um, the more you know him to be trustworthy and faithful. Amen. You know, Psalm 68, 19 says that, um, it says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first heard that verse, I was in high school and just a new believer. And it, and it occurred to me, the reason why that stood out to me was because it said daily. Didn't yeah. say once a year, didn't say once a week, didn't say once a month, didn't say every other day, but it said every day, daily. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because the, the topic of God's sovereignty, people don't talk a lot about that unless you're in the reform camp, which then they talk a lot about it. Right. <laughs> but most people who aren't in that camp don't. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, there's an interesting discussion between that, our sanctification, and how we deal with worry. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you, you know, you've written a lot of Bible studies with precept. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how did that happen? 
how, how did that come into play? And then, you know, we get into some of the Bible studies about your book covers and yeah. stuff. Cause this, this really, this, I'm curious. Yeah, I am totally curious. And you haven't heard this. Okay. I have not yeah. heard so, this. So no near a decade. I haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah. So the precept thing, this is, this is also another one of those things that's just very interesting. Um, so for those of you who might not be in, might not know what precept is, uh, precept Bible studies are inductive Bible studies and it, when we talk about inductive Bible study, we just mean we're using God's word is the primary source um, for discovering truth about the Bible. We're not going to commentaries and all the other people's opinions and all that to start with. Of course, we use commentaries, um, but we, we do our own study first. Okay. So when you're doing that, one of the key things that you're doing is you're asking the five W's and the H, who, what, where, why, when, and how, um, which... One day when I was teaching it, I all of a sudden realized, oh my goodness, I was going to be a journalist. I spent all these years wrapped up in the who, what, where, why, when, and how, and now God is got me an inductive Bible study, which is all about the who, what, when, where, why, and how. So he he has, yeah, I think he has a sense of humor in that. Um, but so I, I had no intention of of writing Bible studies, anything like this. But I had a good friend when I was right out of college. Her name was Karen Corlew. And we were working in youth ministry together. And she was a Moody grad. I was a Wheaton grad. And we used to get together and, and read the Bible. We'd, we'd, she was just one of these people that's just spurred me on in the faith. And um, she had a mentor. She's very into mentoring. And she was like, oh, Pam, you should get a mentor. And I thought, you know, I kind of felt like it would be betraying my mother. You know, what, what do I need an older woman for? Because I've got the best mom in the world, right? She's like, no, no, it's, it's not like that. It's like, you know, you need somebody else who could just kind of speak into your life for more of a third party kind of thing. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I asked um, a woman at our church to mentor me. Um, she was the pastor's wife. Her name was Deb Borman. And about the time that I was asking her that, she had just been introduced to precept Bible studies. So we went through the blue one-on-one -on -one discipleship book, and then she was going to be teaching precept upon precept, Second Timothy. She said, Pam, why don't you come to the women's Bible study? Okay, so at this point, I'm like 22, and I got a chip on my shoulder, right? <laughs> Not sure. I, I've got the I've got the biblical studies degree. I've got you know I've got 16 hours of Greek, and I'm like, I, I've got I'm thinking it's going to be some you know fill in the blank you know how do you feel kind of thing, and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it for Deb. And she gets me the material, and I start working on it. I'm like, whoa, this is this is something, you know. And I, so I really I really enjoyed the material. Um, and, and, and so I kept, kept doing that. And, um, after a few years, you know, I'd done several of those and then Deb was going down to get trained some further training. And she's like, come on, why don't you come down to Chattanooga and you can get trained and it'll be, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to teach cause I hated speaking in front of people. Um, <laughs> but I thought, you know what, it'll be a fun weekend. We'll go down. It'll, I, I'll, I'll do some Bible study. I don't have to teach just cause I'm trained. And then uh, a couple of years later, she and her husband went on sabbatical 
and you know, you can't, you have to be trained in order to teach a precept upon precept study. And so when she and Joe left, we wanted to keep the precept study going while they were on the road and I was the only game in town. So that's when <laughs> I taught my first precept study. And it was, oh, I used to, uh, I used to go to the church at 7.30 in the morning when the janitors got there and I would shoot baskets in the gym just to like calm myself down, right? Because because I'm teaching, I'm teaching up, okay? So at the time, I'm, how old was I? I was probably, I was, I don't know. I, I was I was young. I was probably, it might've been, it was probably early 30s, maybe. But I was, there were like two people in the class younger than me. Most of them were a lot older than me and some of them had changed my diapers in the nursery, okay? I believe it. So, I was like, it was just very scary to me. And I, so I would go, I would shoot the baskets and then Deb came back and, you know, she took her over her class again, but then she's like, you should start another precept class for the younger women. So I started another precept class and, um, you know, started realizing, okay, I think, I think I am gifted in this. I think God has called me to do this. So taught that for a while and, uh, started doing leading seminars for them. And, but then I also like wanted everybody to study with me, right? I, I had a lot of zeal and youthful zeal, which sometimes can be aggressive zeal. Uh, so there were people who would be like, come on, you've got to you do this. It's, it's the best thing ever. I would beg them. I would, I would bribe them. I would, you know, sometimes I would bully them a little. And there were certain <laughs> people who just, they wouldn't. They're like, get away from me with those those colored pencils crazy lady you know no (laughs) this is this is a problem you know everybody should be able to study the bible and it shouldn't people shouldn't be afraid of it and so about that time as I was having just this heavy frustration level with people who who wouldn't who who just wouldn't okay there's always a, a segment that just wouldn't um I was also kind of plateauing as far as teaching myself I was kind of I, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling challenged in just teaching it. And, um, and, and, and I was trying to figure out how do you, how do you get people to realize that the Bible is sweet? And that was my prayer. God, how do I get people to realize that the Bible is more like chocolate than like vegetables? Right. So this is my prayer. I'm praying this and, and the verse keeps coming to mind. Um, Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste? Yes. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I'm like, all right, but how do I get people? And I keep, you know, and I keep praying the same prayer. I keep getting the the same verse just keeps rattling around in my head. And and one day I'm like, oh, I'm not positive, but I I think he wants me to, to write a study on Psalm 119. Because if that's, that's where that, that principle comes out of. So if you want to teach that biblical principle, you've got to study that place in the Bible. And I thought, I, you know, I don't particularly want to write a study on Psalm 119, but I, <laughs> I just, I couldn't get away from it. And I, I, it was, it was, I was, I was just quite sure that that was the step of obedience. So I thought, well, you know what, I'd rather make a mistake and doing something that I think I'm supposed to do than make a mistake in just saying, well, maybe it's not him and miss it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so I wrote 
uh, Sweeter Than Chocolate, Psalm 119, for just our women's Bible study at church. And I and I wanted to have a flexible element in it because those women who were like, get away from me with the pencils. Yeah. I wanted to woo them in. I wanted to say, hey, you know, you can come along. You don't have to do that much homework. You can you can do some homework. You can do more homework. Um, but then at the same time, I had, I had a couple of women who studied with me who were uh, MDivs, you know, Master of Divinity. That's the, I have Greek and Hebrew. I can marry him and bury him degree, right? <laughs> So right, right, exactly. <laughs> and Elizabeth, I always tell Liz, I'm like Liz, you know, the digging deeper sections. Those are I, I write those. She's the face that I have in my head. So I've I've written these studies so that you can do less homework, or you can you can just you can go crazy and do all the homework you want, just with some open ended questions and things that will help you to um, basically figure out where to dig on your own. Things that will really challenge your thinking of where to go. Um, I had a professor in high school, high school in college, professor in college, um, who taught a class called Ancient Greek History, and I hated the class, hated it. He would, um, he would give us these crazy assignments, just like, he wouldn't tell us read, you know, page 300 to 450 before next class. He would say, okay, before next class period, read whatever you need to read um, on the Ancient Greeks from 800 BC to 600 BC. Simon is that this is crazy and then he would give us these kinds of these these quizzes you know we come in he'd be like yeah you know put your books down you write for the next 15 minutes on this topic this was their finest hour I'm like dumb and but as, I, as, as I've gotten older I'm realizing that that's actually genius that's that's him teaching you and it, and it fell on deaf ears at the time but it was, it was his way of teaching us to figure it out for ourselves. What are you going to do when there's not somebody there who marks the spot? Like here's X marks the spot, dig here. He was saying, okay, these are practice, figure it out. So a lot of times the digging deeper sections are places where I send people off kind of in a direction, but I want them to be able to, to think through it on their own. Because I always say, if I'm doing this right um, I work myself out of a job. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a very fascinating journey. It really is. It makes me laugh. You bring so much joy to me. It's 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 crazy how much joy I feel right now. Um, but if I'm chatting too much, just no, 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 no. This is so great though because, like, okay, that's not how I imagined it. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, it's so funny because I remember. When I got introduced to Precept, it was right after Randall and I got married. So that was, what, 28 plus years ago. We went to this church where I had some fisticuffs with the pastor. I told him to, let's just say I used the bad word. <laughs> and there was a lady in this church who, I don't know why to this day, I should probably look her up on Facebook to see if she's still living. Because uh, <laughs> she came up to me and she's like, oh, honey have you ever heard of precepts and I'm like no but I love the bible and I know I could teach it so yeah bring it on so she introduced me to me and Randall that and and um and I just thought it was cool I just thought oh wow because because for me 
I probably wasn't even a believer 10 years at that point. Mm-hmm. But wherever I went, I was tapped to teach. And it, it drove me crazy because I was like, okay, look, <laughs> I'm not trying to teach. But I was tapped to teach for whatever reason. But I had this thirst, you know. Right. And so when I heard about you from Jan, like all those years ago, and you're talking about chocolate, I'm like, dang. All right. So I think that's kind of cool. So let's talk about one of your other ones, though. I had Randall pull the first Corinthians study that you did on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, um, uh, you can go throw that up in my spot if you want. So you, um, you, you, you basically write these studies, people can buy the study, but then you do videos and people can watch those for free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, so I watched that series and one of the things you say a lot in that series is this got up into my grill. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? I think I, I think I know what that means, but is that some type of Chicagoan thing that yeah, people think, say? I think it is. An it's Illinois like right thing. Up in your face. Right up in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, talk about the, the, that's the wrong book cover, Randall. But it's, the, oh, it's, it's the chocolate. It's, it's the chocolate one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, talk about that one just a little bit because okay. I want people to know where they can get this and and all sure. that too. Yeah. Um, so as Stacy was saying, you know, I, I write I write the books initially. I write them and I, I pilot them at my home church, and then they go into, they go to precept, they go into editing, and we they so they're all they all are available through precept except for the newest one. You have to get that from precept. Um, the other ones are all available on Amazon also. Um, and I do uh, these blog studies. So I do videos that are associated with the book and all the videos are out there that they're free. And, and Stacy stumbled on the one on first Corinthians 13 and that one. It's getting in I my wrote face. That, what? That one's getting in my face. Yeah. And that was one. <laughs> so I, I write, I write studies um, based on whatever, wherever I feel that God is leading me. And sometimes it's, it's a need I see in the church. Sometimes it's a need I see in my local church. Other times it is something that I just desperately need. And uh, back in 2016, it was a very good year. The Cubs won the World Series, but it was also an election year. And it was cantankerous and everybody was mad and everybody was mean. And Facebook was mean. And I was just, I could just feel the temperature rising in me. And I was like, oh man, I need, I, I need, uh, I need to figure out how to, what is the godly response to just everything that's out there? And I thought, man, I think I got to write on, I think I got to write on first Corinthians 13 to me. So that book was written because that was a, it was just a very felt need in my life at that time during a very just hot election election season and so I we, you know we go through it look at it in context of course of spiritual gifts but then kind of break it down and look at what um, Paul says that love is and isn't and what love does and doesn't and the one that for me, and, and you know, when, when you write studies like this, it's just like you're the first person that's, that God's getting to teach through it, right? Because right. it's him doing his thing through his word. And anything that you get out of my studies, it's just, it's his word. But that's see, his word the word. That's, that's what I like about it, though, because 
there are so many um, so-called Bible studies that aren't. They're, they're, they're like even sermons. It's a sermon with like, love is patient. That's it. You know, <laughs> and it's like, what? This had nothing to do with it. And that's, that's where I, I mean, that's why I, that's why I want people to know about your stuff because this is a Bible study. It's not, it's not like, well, how does this make you feel? You know, it's, it's actually, you look at the word and, and Pam brings you through the the context and and actually teaches you how to look at it for yourself i think that's so great i just do yeah and and of course then the big thing too is we want to see what you know what does it say you know what does it mean um so what what is the original author saying to his original audience and then how do i take what it means and apply it in my life yeah and boy, in the, in the application is that's, that's where it gets up in our grill, isn't it? Well, yeah. And I mean, conviction is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a lot of teachers out there. Uh, there's one specific one I'm thinking of who just put out an encouragement cube for donation. And <laughs> I bought one just for fun so I could see what sells. But, you know, it, it it's one of these things where I it's like if it's not teaching you something and making you go okay all right I need to change you know then how are you going to grow and you know I think I think it was Amy Grant many years ago wrote a song called Fat Babies Mm, you remember that song it was Mm -hmm. she basically talked about how there's all these fat babies in the church you know and you know we even know that we're told to long not just for the pure milk of the word but for meat and was it Paul that said hey by now many of you should be teachers but you're mm-hmm. not um mm-hmm. and so you know that's what I like about this and has has how this been received been something that surprised you or 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 disappointed you um you know I I am in a place in my life where I'm just trying to be obedient and I have plenty of people who tell me, uh, you know, this really, God is using this in my life. But um, Jan Silvius, who a common friend of ours, one of the things she told me years ago is she said, Pam, never, never let yourself get into comparison. She said, and I'll never forget this, comparison is odious. <laughs> There's a word you don't hear very often, but comparison is odious. So, um yeah, so I, I'm I'm always thrilled when I see when somebody says, Yeah, you know what, God God's been using this and working in my working in my life. Cause I just realize, you know, he doesn't need me to work in somebody's life, right? Right. This is just this is just a, a kindness that, you know, he he allows us to participate in his work. He allows us to minister to one another. And um I'm just I'm just thrilled that I get to uh I get to write Bible studies and I get to do what he's made me to do, I think. Yeah, I think so. All right. So, so let's talk about the worries study then. Yeah. Cause you know, we all worry, you know, even though that guy wrote that song, don't worry, be happy. Right. <laughs> We're dating ourselves, aren't we? Um, we are. <laughs> but, but, he, but the thing is, is it's so true. And, and, you know, I have to tell you, I, you know, I've been listening to that series too. And there's something in that series that I don't, I, I haven't told you this, but one of the, one of my takeaways for that series is, is um, when you talk about the soil, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and how it lands on what different ground. And you talk about, um, you know, how the worries of the world choke, choke away the thing, you know, and I think, I don't know the exact quote, but it was something to the fact of, you know, don't let the, the, the worries of the world choke the word from you and instead let the mm-hmm. word choke the worries of the, the world. Is yeah. that right? Something yeah. close to that. Now, you and Jan did that together. Talk a little bit about that, how that changed your life, because I know a lot of us need that study for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, again, and this is this is probably th- that was the study that I wrote to myself more than any other study, um, because, you know, I used to call myself a recovering warrior, but um I, I've stopped doing that because I, I don't want to identify myself with worry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm a believer who still struggles with worry from time to time. Um, but yeah, that, that study was one um, that quite honestly, it, it, it's like there are certain things we read in the Bible and that we're so familiar with that we just read over them we read past them. And for many years, I read past Matthew 6, where Jesus says over and over, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I mean, he says it multiple times. And, and I always just kind of took it as, you know what, it'd be better if you didn't. Right? You'd be happier, you you know, you'd be better off. And one day, and and, and, and to add to this, I'm okay. So I'm an only child wound up. Okay. I'm married to baby of the family. I'm not number surprised. Four. I'm married to a baby too. Number four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And my baby is also an artist. So is mine. Okay. So there you go. So you've got, <laughs> they are like, by definition, their picture is next to type B in the dictionary. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, my my sweet type B, whenever I get myself wound up, what's the first thing they they tell you? Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Which Randall and I were laughing about that today because right? he's like, like if I have a ha- a health anxiety, let's put it that's called a nice way of you know, like <laughs> he'll go, Well, you know, for me, if if it's still there in two years, I'll go and check it out, you know, if I'm not dead, you know. It's like yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, mean, I always used to say I'd rather be a live hypochondriac than a dead stoic, <laughs> right? I used to say that. Um, but he would always just say, just, just stop it. And I would be like, oh man, now, now I'm not only worried about the worry. Now I'm worried about trying to stop it, which I can't. <laughs> and, and I always took that as kind of an attack on me because I thought this is how I am. This is, I'm a worrier. One day I'm reading Matthew 6 and I realize this is a command. Yeah, it is. It's not just a command. It's a repeated command. And so, um, yeah, so that's when I, that would, that changed my life in that. And the thing that I think is just so beautiful in Matthew 6 about Jesus is, is Jesus doesn't just say, stop it. Right? He doesn't just say, stop worrying. He instead takes us and he shifts our eyes 
you know, if you go through and you circle, you circle the key repeated words, and that's one of the things we do in inductive Bible study, just to see what's actually there. Um, if you go through, you'll, you'll see worry is one of the repeated words, but the other repeated word grouping is anything that has to do with the eyes. You know, it's look at, observe. And, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't fix your eyes on those worries. You turn your eyes and you look at, at what God's doing. He says, look at the birds. And it's not a look at the birds like, well, just don't pay attention. Just look at the birds. No, he's saying, look at the birds and, and consider how your heavenly father, the sovereign God takes care of those birds. So that has been something that his, um, that passage that passage has changed my life um, just because I, when I realized it was a command and that my worry, um, that my worry was a sin mm-hmm. and not that when like fear comes over you, like, Oh, Oh no, I'm, I, I had this worry that comes over me and I'm just in deep desperate sin. But you know what, when I invited in, so if I have a worrisome feeling that comes in and I, you know, if I invited in and, and give it scones, and feed it and grow it. That's that we're sinning, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like before, here's some wine. I didn't even think it was a sin. I thought I was just smarter than everybody else, right? Because you know, I'm I, I have this imagination. I can think of all the things that are going to go wrong, and I can prevent them. And um, no, I'm no. laughing because I could totally relate. I, I have this plan. You know. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. It's. It's not too embarrassing, but <clears throat> for years, I had this bathroom anxiety thingy, right? Drive long distances, afraid I'm not going to be able to find a bathroom, okay? Just terrified of that, right? Because I had a lot of health issues below my waist and, you know, things were really heavy. <clears throat> and when Randall and I decided to move from California to Tennessee, and I was told I had to drive here, I was like, oh, God, how am I going to do How am I going to do this, right? How am I going to, you know, get from Tennessee or California to Tennessee and survive? You know, I mean, seriously. So yeah. I, I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, I got to find some plans here. So I looked for mobile apps. I did research on, on a whole bunch of stuff. And finally, a friend of mine said, hey. Have you ever heard of a camping toilet? I said, a camping toilet? What do you mean? She's like, you know, there are toilets that you can get on Amazon for like a hundred bucks and you can have one of those and, and do that, right? And I'm, I was like, I'm getting me one of those. And this is the funny, this is a true story, but it's, it's, it's funny. So I have a convertible Sebring. That's my car. And I told Randall, I said, look, you know what? I'm going to buy this. It's like 99 bucks. I'm going to put it in my trunk and I don't care where we're at. At least it's there. If I don't use the stupid thing, at least here right, was clean because I have it, right? I have it. So I drove across America with a toilet in my, in my trunk in order to do it. And it's funny, but the funnier part is really this. The, the, the funnier part is that I got across America. Fine. Didn't need it duh because <laughs> there's truck stops who knew you know anyway there was um and um the first night we're in our house uh i guess it was the second morning or something 
the city shuts off our water. No. Yeah. We have three bathrooms in my house. And so I'm like, good thing I got that camping toilet. <laughs> and so. No, when you might need it. So it's, it was so funny because, yeah, so we used it then. But but anyway, the point, the point is, is that I had a plan, right? And, and my, that was my plan. My plan was, look, I'm going to protect myself if I have to, because I could not stop obsessing about it mm-hmm. because of the fear that I was going to have some type of accident. Hey, I discovered a whole bunch of products, <laughs> which I never knew existed. I, if you need a list later, I can tell you people. And I, <laughs> so there's a lot of people out there that have this issue. And, and, uh, and that, you know, and frankly, that's part of the other thing, right? Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Part of overcoming worry is being honest and confessing it to people yeah. so that they confessing can pray. Confessing it to God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but, knows, but, but, yeah. but also so people can, can pray for you, though, too. So I will tell you, right. God has healed me to the point where I think it was last year. Was it last year, Randall, when I went to California? Can't remember. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So last year, first year in the history of my marriage of 28 years, um, I went from here to California all by myself, rented a car, got on the airplane, did it all with no medicine at all. Way to go. And I did it because of God's word, frankly, you know, doing that renewing your mind thing and taking a deep breath and going, wait a minute, (laughs) this is so stupid stupid yeah and it's so funny and then i ended up going to a conference last year i think it was yeah it was last year and none you know i didn't have any of those worries and then of course my i got food poisoning diarrhea and everything <laughs> it was like oh i'm not worried about this now and then <laughs> <it all> happens. <laughs> but whatever through but, it, but right? I, I lived through it exactly through it. i did live through it and 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 uh and and i have a funny story because i survived there you go but yep, my daughter always says, you know, either it's going to be okay or you're going to have a good story. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> so I want people to be able to get that study. Um, but do you have anything else to add on that one? You know, I would say the biggest thing with that too is is you know a lot of times when, when you consider the the parable of the sower, you know, a lot of times we are worried about the hard things, the bad things that might come, and. You know, scripture is really clear that um, that God can use those things to grow us, to um, to to grow us up in the faith. You look at uh, Romans chapter five. Um, look at James one. Yeah. So when hardship trial comes for believers, He's going to use that in us to uh, bring about uh, endurance perseverance, you know, proven character, hope. So we worry about those things when what is really the the concern or the danger is the worry itself. Yeah. You know, so in, in, in Jesus is also very clear that in this world, you will have tribulation. Paul, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Stuff's going to happen. Right. Um, But if we know, if we know that, and we know that in it, God is going to grow us, God is going to be there, 
um, it changes our entire disposition toward it. I, I, I'm a baseball person, you know, and Go Yankees. Uh, do we have time for me to give a quick little oh, baseball? Yeah. We, we have as much time as you want. Okay. Well, here's I'm a good. quick baseball. So does it involve the Yankees? Years. It involves the Yankees, right? Well, you know what? This one involves the Cubs, but it was the Cubs having okay. a hard time. Okay. So we had a we had a pitcher several years ago. His name was Carlos Marmel. He's a he's a closer. And when he was on, he was just lights out. But when he was off, oh man. And there was a year he was so off. And and I mean the the, the kid threw like a hundred miles an hour and if you don't know 100 miles an hour is coming, it's just going to, it's going to wipe you out. But they, they realized that Carlos was tipping pitches. So when, when a pitcher tips a pitch, they, they give some sort of an indication in their body language and the way they, their arm slot, something tells the batter what pitch is coming. Okay. So if, if a batter knows that a hundred mile an hour fastball is coming, he can sit on it and he can hit it a mile. And, um, and I think in the same way for us, um, if we know the fastball's coming, if we know that it's, that the hard times are coming, we're not caught off guard. We can stand in, we can stand in, we can be in the batter's box. And when the pitch comes, we can, we can hit it. It's when we don't know it's coming or we, we don't pay attention when things catch us off guard, um, I think that's when we're in trouble. So if we if we can know that, hey, things are going to happen, but God is faithful and and he can be trusted. It's a great analogy. Well, you know, works better for baseball people. But even if you're not a baseball person, you um, learn a little something about baseball, too. I, I love baseball. Yeah. I'm, I'm the sports person in the family. <clears throat> yeah, I am. <laughs> I know. Okay. Delivered. Your latest book. This is a this is a book about judges, which I listened to the whole book this morning. That was intense. It, it is intense. Yeah. <laughs> it was intense. But delivered, living free in days of oppression is about the book of Judges. Tell us about that, because you know those of you who are still watching, because there are some of you, and thank you very much. You haven't said a whole lot, but that means you know what that means, Pam. It means as a friend of mine used to say that when people are tuned into a conversation, it means it's delicious, that they're just chewing on, they're listening, they're eating up every little thing. They don't really need to ask anything because they're just enjoying it like a nice meal. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So tell us about Delivered. Because pe well, yeah, people can yeah, get involved Delivered in this. Is, it is a flexible inductive study on the Book of Judges. And the Book of Judges, if you're not familiar with Judges, Judges is about a time in Israel when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It's a, it's a mess of a time. It's a time when the people are, they're doing what they want to do. And it is, boy, I think it's an awful lot like the times that we're living in right now. So I think it's a perfect, I think it's a perfect study for, for this season. And the thing that I keep coming back to in it is, you know, in, as we, as we look at the the judges, we see that the, the people are in there, they just keep getting themselves into trouble and they keep crying out to him. He continues to send deliverer after deliverer after deliverer. Um, and they keep falling back into these cycles of sin. Um, but each of the deliverers that he sends 
they're flawed, you know, and they're, they're flawed throughout and they get increasingly flawed through the book. And yet God uses them. And so they, they, they point forward, you know, we, we know that they're the ultimate deliverer is coming. The ultimate, the ultimate person, perfect deliverer is Jesus. Um, but throughout the time of the judges, he uses these flawed people. And so my encouragement in this is whoever wins the election this week, um, God is still on the throne. You know, there's, there's no, nobody is, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter um, who, it, there, there's no, there's no perfect there's no perfect candidate, but God can work through imperfect people. That's right. So, yeah. Well, he uses us. So clearly mm-hmm. he can work through imperfect yeah, people. Exactly. So, right? <laughs> so, okay. I want people to be able to get signed up for that. And then I actually still have, I have, um, let's see here. One, two, three. No, and that one, nah, kind of did that one, but uh, that one. Okay. Then I got, yeah, about three more questions. Okay. Okay. So we set up a special bit.ly link. It's bit.ly forward slash all caps nov judge, like November judges. So if you, uh, yeah, you can just keep that up there if you want bare face. And then, um, and then if you go there and you can sign up for this study, um, and you can get the book, it's still available. Uh, and then you can go through the study at your leisure or leisure, leisure, leisure. Is leisure up north? Leisure. Yeah. Maybe it's leisure down south. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I grew up in the south, but I was born in the north. You know, I was born almost in Canada. I was born on the St. Lawrence Seaway. Like, really? Yeah, I was born in Messina, New York, like three hours north of Syracuse. Can't you tell from my accent? Well, the Yankee stuff all makes sense now. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have an accent to you? Just curious. No, you don't. Hmm. You have a total one to me. You Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I like it. So it's, it's cool. Okay. All right. And okay, let's go here. Um, do you have any other things you want to say before I ask you these last questions? Go for it. Okay. So these are some A-list guest questions. These are fun questions that, you know, these are questions that I learned over time that when somebody is famous or they have a big following or even a little following and people love them so much, they follow them everywhere. They get asked the same questions everywhere that they go. I came up with different ones. So my first question is, did you pass your driver's test on the first time? I did. Yes. (laughs) I didn't. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, And you drive a stick, right? I do. Yes. I mean, I don't have a stick now, but But, I love them and I can still, I can still drive one. Yes. Believe it or not. Yeah. Randall just taught me how to drive one about what, two months ago, something like that. True story. I'm a late bloomer. All right. Do you know, Pam, that I've actually had people cry at that question because they didn't pass and it, (laughs) and it triggered them. Uh-oh. Did not, I'm not glad that didn't happen with you. That that would have been awful. Okay. All right. This next question concerns eggs. Do you like eggs? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm eating that much right now because my cholesterol is, uh, I'm, I'm, well, it's good now, but 
Okay. I watch my cholesterol. This so. really has nothing to do with that. But okay, so when you get your eggs, do you get them in a dozen, 18 count, or a flat? Um, we get them in a dozen. Okay. It's sometimes 18 around Easter if we're going to be coloring them. Okay, so when you have your eggs, let's say this is the the carton, you take uh -huh. them out of you take them out, right? Right. Okay. So how do you take the eggs out of your out of your carton, like before you cook them? Like I'm not sure how to answer. Like do you take in them, any particular order? Or? Yeah, any particular order? Do you grab them from the middle? Do you take them from the edges? Like you know, I I really haven't thought. I I don't cook eggs that much, so I just I have never really even thought of it. All right, that's okay. That's but I'm gonna have to watch and see what the people in my house who actually eat the eggs more. I'm gonna have to see if there's any order to them. I'm gonna guess not because they're both artists. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so when you crack an egg, then what do you do with the shell? I put it in the garbage can. The other people in my house tend to leave it in the sink, which is why I tend to put it in the garbage can because I don't like having to shove it down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would not believe the controversy over this subject. Okay, well, I would believe the controversy. You yeah. would, yeah, you would. Uh. Did I answer right? No, there is no wrong answer. Well, there's no yeah. wrong controversy. I I used to. I used to put them in the garbage disposal, but I had so many people say, oh, it messes up the garbage disposal. I'm like, my whole life I did this and nothing's happened. But then I ended up started throwing them in the trash. That's what I do because like you, I don't like to push them down the thing. Go figure. Of course, eggshells are kind of like barbed wire to a snail. So if you want to torture your snails, throw them out there and they are good to, you know, keep snails out of your garden. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think we have snails up here. <laughs> you don't <laughs> really I <don't> think so. <laughs> that's good to know all right let's see here um okay so this last question randall came up with this okay so okay. Don't, don't get mad at me for this question the, these these are you know up until this question they've all been mine Mm -hmm. This one is Randall's. What is one question you'd always wish someone would ask you? Oh. Yeah, what's uh -huh. one question? I like that question. What is one question you wish somebody would always ask you? What position would I play for, for the Chicago Cubs? Okay, what position would you play for the Chicago Cubs? Shortstop. Why? <laughs> what? Why? Because it's it's the most action-packed position on the field. It's the most fun to play. And But you know what, Javier Baez, I like the game he plays, so I'm going to leave it to him. All right. One last question. All right. Actually, this is a serious question. Okay. What's a passage of, what is a passage of Scripture? Uh, that you recently didn't understand until recently? Hmm. Hmm. Can we stump her? That's the question. Well, or, or let's say you struggled over it and it, and it gave you new insight. Well, you know, um, I, since I've been in judges a lot lately, the one, and, and I'm, and I still, I, I'm going to say, I still go back and forth over is um, Jephthah's daughter. So 
what actually happened to Jephthah's daughter. That's one where I, I, I go back and forth. So for somebody like me who doesn't really know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> well, you know, with and, that one, I would say come to the study because that, that's going to open up a can of worms right now. Okay. Come to the study and we'll, we'll uh, talk about Jephthah's daughter. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a good lead in. Good. You did it. That's open awesome. the story loop, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Okay, wait. Let me see. Does anybody else have any questions? I haven't seen anything, so I don't know if anything's working or not. I had to keep flipping between screens here. Um, but I do know, and we have seen you out there. And you know what? I really appreciate you guys. Um, oh, Nita, hey, you're there. That's nice. Uh, out there saying some stuff and, and all that. And, and all that. And in all seriousness, Pam, you are a joy. You really are. I don't say that to anybody else in my life. True story. Not even me. Uh, I don't. I just. But the, I'm sure Randall's a joy too. He is. But but your love for the word really and that just brings me so much joy. I love it because I know that if I'm going to talk to you, the Lord's coming up, you know, mm. and I'm going to be challenged in my faith. And and you know, you and me and a couple other people just got done doing this 50 day thing, um, and really we got to share a little bit about that because because this this is it's you can't explain it right i mean who does that okay like just yeah. tell everybody what that is because sure. i keep talking about this and now yeah. you're here it's all your fault that this happened well, and it's not it's not my fault it, it's elizabeth's fault right <laughs> so yeah. so a year ago like probably some of us knew about zoom but nobody like lived on zoom right like a year ago, we all wish we'd bought Zoom stock. I actually did. Ago. I didn't a year ago, but I do have it. Okay. <laughs> I, so, did, I did um, invest recently. Yeah. So, so life has changed so much during this pandemic and it's been so isolating for so many people that uh, back in the spring, my pastor's wife, Elizabeth, the one who I told you um, I write the digging deeper sections of my studies for. Elizabeth came up with this idea at our church to do something called God time together. And it was just, we would, we had a link and people would come on to zoom at um, seven 30 in the morning. They'd open the room at seven 15, but we'd come on at seven 30 and everybody would just say where they were going to read in the word that morning, um, how they were going to spend their time with God. And then we'd all just mute our mics and turn off our cameras or turn our cameras to some other place in the room. And then we'd spend about a half an hour in the word. And then if somebody would be keeping time. And at the end of the time, they'd just say, okay, y'all come on back now. And then we'd spend just a little bit of time debriefing, you know, what, what did you read? You know, does anybody want to share? Not everybody did, but usually one or two people at least. And we just, we did this and we did it for about a month. And then we we would do it month by month. And then every month, you know, different people would get involved in opening the room and leading it and stuff. And I was just like, it was just so life-giving. Um, people that, it wasn't always the same group, you know, because people would kind of come and go. But it was a place where we could connect. It was a place where we could encourage one another. And I thought, this is, this is just, this is a way to help people build habits of being in the word. Um, there's a recent study that came out um, from the Center for Bible Engagement that says that there's actually, a, there's a, there's a tipping point, it seems statistically, 
and and obviously it's it's all the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, right? But there's a there seems to be a tipping point of people who engage the Bible four or more times a week, they see tremendous life change. And those who engage the Bible three or less times a week, it's almost as though they it's like there's not really it, they don't really see any statistical kinds of changes. Um, so I thought this is just for people who want to to take a step towards God and really want to get serious. I thought this is, this is a way to really touch base every day and encourage people to be in the word. Cause I've, I've found in my life that accountability is a very important thing. And that if people are going to ask me, if I know somebody's going to ask me, Hey, where have you been reading? Um, what's God been teaching you lately? Sometimes I need somebody to ask me that question because I mean, I love the Bible. The Bible is a huge narrative. It's a story. It's, I, I love story, which means I also love dramas. I can get, I could go on a Netflix binge, right? Because I love story. Um, so sometimes it just, it, knowing somebody's going to ask me, where have you been reading the word? It will keep me engaged on times, at times when maybe I would otherwise disengage. Mm-hmm. So I thought this is something where, it's, it's something that's easy. It's something that's very replicatable. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just give this a whirl. I'm going to see if there are some people who would like to, to come on a little 50 day trip and just, I had no idea if it would work or not. And it's been a very, very sweet time, I think for, for most of us. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know, it's funny cause you don't want to lie. You know, and, you know, I know for me, one of the things, you know, that you've helped me with is there's been days in this last couple months where I, I'm like, I have no idea where I want to read. <laughs> it's no clue. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I could read there, but, you know, and you gave me some of the best advice. Go sit with Christ, right? Go sit with Jesus when you don't know. Cause, and, um, you know, that has been really good. And, and, and don't you think that it really, it comes back to Acts, you know, in the book of Acts in the early church, you mm-hmm. know, they met daily, yeah. right? We don't do that. I mean, we're so disjointed. We might meet with our family daily, but you know, mm-hmm. we're the body, you know? So I, I think that the devil has been very clever, frankly. And I think during this whole COVID thing, the irony, and this is where I want to just, you know, emphasize this is that. Yes, we can watch online church. We can listen to worship music. We can do all these things individually in our Christian walk, but you can't grow by yourself. You mm-hmm. need the body. And so that fellowship, you know, even if there's no teacher, obviously the spirit is the teacher. And and that, you know, like you said, it's like, explain what you mean when you say life-giving. What does that mean to you? Oh, what's it mean to me? It, it, it's, it's being encouraged by others in the body. It's, it's okay. As, as, as somebody who teaches the word of God, there are times when you were, when it's, it can, it, it can be tiring. I mean, it's good, mm-hmm. but it can be tiring, but this is a time where I'm, I'm showing up. Um, but we're all, but I'm not the one who is responsible to teach everyone else. Um, Everybody is sharing with one another what they're learning. I had one of the, one of the ladies that uh, 
that has been in a group like this and Danelia, she, one of the things she would say, cause it was Martha and Danelia and I met for a while doing this before the rest of the group. Um, she was like, I feel like every day it's like I read, but I also found out what you two read. And she's like, I feel like I'm getting three times as much because I'm, I'm not only learning what I'm learning, but I'm seeing what you're learning and I'm learning from you too. Um, and one of, one of the ladies that we've been in the group with Tina, remember Tina made a comment one morning. She's like, it, it feels like putting, you know, putting this priority in place day after day. She says, I get it. You feel like there's a compounding effect. Yeah. It's not like it's just, I've read this day and this day and this day, but it's like all of a sudden it, it, it gains, um, it gets bigger. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is I, I'm analytical and at first I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to see what other people are reading and how the Holy Spirit is talking to them. But we're all here. So the Holy Spirit's going to talk to all of us through other people. And, um, you know, I thought, well, this should be interesting. And it has been. It's been very interesting. And then, of course, you get you you've been asked a number of Bible questions and pull up blog offs and show us stuff. And and that's cool, too, because who does that? I mean, seriously, who does that? You don't do that in a typical Bible study today. You don't, unless it's a precept study and you're like a teacher and you're in there and you're doing you're that. You're your own Bible nerds, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, but but the reality is, is that people are thirsting for this. Mm-hmm. They are. And um, I, I know it. You know some stuff I've shared with you and you know it. And, you know, so we're, we're just here. I wanted to thank you publicly again. Your generosity oh. has touched my heart more than you know. Thanks for coming along. I appreciate it. It's been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It really has. And, and I mean, I didn't, you know, I set it up so that around, you know, six basic classes and then the mornings were kind of like the bonus thing. And I was hoping people would show up to the morning thing, but I really, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was going to be me and, you know, sitting in the Zoom room by myself and people just coming to the Wednesday classes. So I was very encouraged to uh see people come along and, and we even had those west coasters man it was 7 30 in the morning for us we had a couple west coasters who were popping in at 5 30 i'm like they need gold stars for that yeah they do yeah well i know i know that's early because i've done it with my business i've gone when i went to california i, I logged on to that call at five o'clock i was like yes. good thing nobody sees me of course on zoom people see you and yeah. that's, that's the other thing about this that was, was to me, the funniest thing, because it's like, who does that? Like, I mean, who who gets on a Zoom meeting, a woman, who gets on a Zoom meeting in your bathrobe or your sweats or whatever, your cap, whatever, with your coffee, no makeup, who does that? But it's so weird. Because we all do, right? I know, it's weird. It's like, it's like <laughs> you people don't care that I'm seeing you in your bathrobe. I don't know. It just seemed weird not to think it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't, I don't even know it you. It's like family, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. but I don't know you. You know, right. of course, everybody's got to know my cat because he likes to talk a lot. Right. Gideon. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that is something. And are you planning on, are, are you going to be continuing this, you think? Or should people just kind of look at your site and kind of learn more? How, how should they learn more about what you're doing and all yeah. that? Just, just go to your website. Well, with that one, what, what I'm kind of planning on doing right now is I'm planning on running probably two sessions of this, um, likely starting up the last week in December, 
so that if people want to like really aim to read through the Bible in 2021, they could actually get a start before mm-hmm. January 1st. Cause I'm all about getting an early start. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm planning, I'm probably running an East coast and a West coast friendly time. So that's, that's kind of the thought at the moment. So we don't have those poor West coast people don't have to get up at five 30 in the morning. Yeah. Or you can join the late one if you like to, Totally. Too late, yeah. too late thing. So that is very cool. All right. Well, hey, you know, this is your first interview, I think, on my show. I can't remember. I think it is, right? Yeah. I, you know, we talked about doing one. But I can't remember if we did or if we just talked about it. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, you're at that age. So we're good. I know we're at that age. <laughs> I'm at that age. Oh, we're about that, that age. Baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, okay. So, is there any uh, closing thoughts you have? Well, let me just say, if you're thinking about reading through the Bible in 2021, start now. It counts. And, and I also want to say audio Bibles count. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe you don't think they do, but they do. And I'm just going to tell you, take my word for it. Does they it, count. Does it Mark count? It down. Does it count what? if you start listening to the audio Bible, fall asleep, and it's gone forward 20 chapters and you don't remember well, what you listened to subconsciously? I- I think I think you go back and start it <laughs> when you remember or the, the last thing you remember. But yeah, I, I love I love starting um, I love starting a Bible read through sometime in the fourth quarter of the year before mm-hmm. it gives you uh, it gives you a good a momentum. You're you're starting off. You're feeling um, you're feeling a little bit of that success, a little bit of that kind of feedback. And um, it might seem shallow, but I think it's helpful. So. Good. No, actually, it's not shallow at all. And it is helpful. And you've been very helpful. And I hope you come back. I want you to come back. Oh, I would love to come back. Okay, good. Well, we'll make it more. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. I have an idea. Okay, Yeah, I do. All right, everybody. Hey, you know, Pam has given us 90 minutes, which is super awesome. I hope you enjoyed the show. Go over to her website, pamgillespie.com. Just spell her name right. Okay. It's p-a-m-g-i-l-l-a-s-p-i-e dot com go over there and get all her studies just just do them all <laughs> you'll be in the bible for the rest of your life because you'll be doing pam's bible studies. great place to be right yeah that's it's a good thing uh and um and then we will be back i'm i'm not sure <clears throat> well actually i'm not gonna be back tuesday night oh yeah quick announcement for my audience okay uh, Tuesday is my Bible study <laughs> in Revelation. If you um, haven't done your homework yet, you still got two days. Um, I will not be doing election coverage that night, clearly, because I'm going to be doing the Bible study. God worked that out for a reason, I think. But maybe we might we might come in and do a Wednesday show because, you know, this is going to be a heck of a week for most of the country, I think. You know, just pray, pray people. All right. And, um, and that's it. So have a good night, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you.